Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'll be showing you how average, everyday people have chosen to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope this podcast will allow you to feel a connection with people who have something in common with you and make you realize you can have the life you want. podcast listeners, we are back today with our Expert Wednesdays and our April Expert of the Month, author and founder of the No Complaining Project, Sianna Stewart, here to complete our discussion of letting go of complaining. Today's topic is going to focus on how you can replace old complaining habits with positive new habits that will help you unlock your full and rewarding life. Thank you so much, Sianna, for being here, and I'm super excited to dive into this topic. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm eager to share it with you. So we talked a lot about what complaining is and isn't, how to be aware of it, how to interrupt it. But after we interrupt those patterns, we need to create new ones. And so we're going to talk about some ways that we can start to replace our old habits with new ones. And I want to start with one that I had never heard before, but I absolutely loved, um, which is the idea of pronoia. Can you talk about what that means? Yeah. So you are, of course, like everybody else, aware of what paranoia is, the sneaking suspicion that people are out to get you. Well, pronoia is the sneaking suspicion that people want the best for you. And I think that it's a really, really great thing to pop into your head as you're walking around. And so a lot of times we go into situations where we're surrounded by strangers, we don't, we feel unsettled, we feel unsure, walking down the street, we just kind of like think that we people don't trust us or you know they're judging us they're looking at us and they're thinking that we're weird or whatever but what if since you're making up what is in other people's heads anyway you don't actually know what anybody is thinking what if you just imagine instead that they all want the best for you that they would love to help you that they think that you're a future friend that they don't know yet and walk around in the world as if that were true? What if they were just secretly admiring you? Uh, What would that be like? I just think it's a really way more fun way to walk around in the world. And it's one of those things that I don't always remember to do it. And there are times I will walk into a crowd and I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I feel good here or whatever. And then I start thinking that, you know, like, oh, actually, Everybody here wants the same thing. They want their world to feel good and they want my world to feel good. Well, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's actually a lot less scary here than it was just a moment ago. Yeah, I love that. I did not know that was a term uh, because I did look it up after. I was like, (laughs) did she make this up or just really up? But it is a real term. And uh, no, I think that's such a cool way of thinking about it because it can be nerve wracking, you know, to go to a networking event or to be, you know, in a dating situation or whatever. Um, and then you get into that complaining mode. We're like, ah, I don't know anyone. Everyone doesn't like me. Everyone's thinking about me. You start complaining about the situation, but to think about it as like, oh, everybody here is kind and wants to help me. And it completely changes your mindset. So I really, really like that one. That's cool. Yeah. There's a funny thing about, you know, using positive thoughts of positive projections as a way of self-protection, where I think that our habitual way of doing it is to use like, you know, negative judgments or prejudging other people as self-protection, but you know, use the positive way and it just feels a lot better. 
Yeah, I agree. And then you also talked about one of the things that we can do to kind of create new uh, patterns is about taking responsibility for yourself. And this is a huge one, and I think it's really hard to do. So why is that necessary, and how do we do that? Well, once again, going back to the definition of complaining as expressing a dissatisfaction without actually contributing to solving the problem, that is if you want to directly counteract the sense of being a victim or the projection of being a victim, then it's about taking responsibility and recognizing that you actually do have a role to play, that there isn't a neutral world out there that's just, that's actually out to get you in some way, that there's something in your world that you can control. And that's the key part is, if you start to take responsibility for things, it actually gives you more agency and it gives you a path where before it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Everything's all crazy and chaotic or terrible. But this way say, oh, here's this thing that I did that had a direct outcome that I did not like. Well, I can actually control the part that I did. I may not be able to control all these other things, but here is a little piece of something that I can control. And the more that we do it, the more that we start to feel empowered to start to tackle bigger things. Because as long as even the little things feel overwhelming and we're not doing anything about them, then the bigger things are completely out of our reach. But if we start to say like, oh, I take responsibility for this, then you start to have a way to actually repair your world and to feel better about it. In addition to that, when you're having conversations with other people, if you're in a mode of constantly saying you did this and I, and you know, you made me feel this and there's a very blamey pushing away, non-responsible way of talking about it. Well, that's not actually something one that you can actually change anything in that relationship, but it's also doesn't invite the other person in and you're not really in a good conversation about it. If you're saying, well, I recognize that I contributed in this way to the situation that I don't like, that is something that it says the other person doesn't feel so blamed and so defensive, and now they will come in and actually start to talk with you in a different way because they recognize that you're not just putting all of the onus on them, you're taking some of the responsibility for yourself, and you can work together and collaborate on how to make a bad situation better. Yeah, I think that one's super important. Again, a little easier said than done sometimes, especially when you're in a emotional situation. You know, sometimes you have to take a step back. But in everything, oh, sure. I mean, even if it's, I mean, I've definitely been through experiences where even if I felt like, wow, this other person wasn't good or this situation, I can always look and be like, well, but I did this. You know, there's always something that we contribute, good or bad, that we can work on and grow from. Oh, for sure. And I do it ex explicitly support people learning how to do this and taking responsibility before it gets emotionally charged. Try to do it on the little things. So like instead of saying, you know, oh, sorry, I'm late. The traffic sucked. Say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. I should have left earlier. Um, and that's, or I did this thing and it, it caused this outcome. Do it before it actually gets to be uh, uh, an emotional you know, hole that you're stuck in. Do it on little things like, oh, I didn't get that report done because the copier was broken. Or I didn't get that report done and I'll do better next time. 
I, I'll go look for a different copier, or maybe it doesn't have to be on paper, or whatever it is that, that, you know, are there little things in your world that you can start to take responsibility for now, so you get in the habit of taking responsibility and seeing things through that lens. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, you had also talked about, you know, enjoying the process versus just the outcome. But so many of us at every point in our life, like we've all experienced it, it is so hard to enjoy the process sometimes. So why do you think it is hard? And yet, why is it also necessary to enjoy it to allow ourselves to live a better life with less complaining? We definitely are in a world of striving and of goals. And I think that all of us want to be able to achieve this outcome. And we pin all of our hopes and our expectations and our all feel better when's this thing actually is achieved. And if we just wait to feel better until that outcome, then between here and there, it's really hard to feel satisfied about anything. And also if that one end thing often can get derailed by other things getting in the way, then you know we, we're sort of postponing feeling good in any way, shape, or form. The other thing about the the holding on to this goal is you're not really taking credit or giving yourself the small wins that can make you feel better in a daily way about the things that you're learning and the process that you're committing to, the feeling good about deciding to do something and then actually all of the little steps that it takes to go along the way and congratulating yourself for continuing to do the thing that you said that you were going to do. Even if you're not there yet at the end result, well, the reason that you get to that end result is because of you taking these daily steps to do the thing that you said that you were going to do. If you can remember to pay attention to that process, you're inevitably going to get to where you said you were going to go, or maybe you're going to find something different along the way that maybe your goal wasn't set in the right way, or there's another better thing that you would have not even noticed if you'd stayed so goal focused. Uh, then, you know, if you, if you just stay goal focused and don't see the path that you're on and all the different options that are there for you, you might miss something really grand. In addition to that, and a lot of research is being done on this right now, is talking about resilience. And the big thing that is hard for people to get out of, uh, like a depression or whatever, is that your, your level of resilience going into it. If you're feeling emotionally healthy, if you're feeling sure of yourself, if you've been taking responsibility, um, then you're gonna recover a lot more quickly from a bad, situation than if you didn't have that on the way in. So you could practice and build up your own sense of resilience and, and uh, autonomy agency by whatever it is that you're doing, congratulating yourself on all of the little small wins and focusing on that as you go along. And that falls in line with another one that you had mentioned uh, is to create a new habit with gratitude. And, and we hear this a lot. Um, is it something that you find that you recommend people do daily, that they write it down, that they say it out loud? Um, how does gratitude seem to work the best in your case that you found? I think the most important thing is to do something consciously and regularly. 
for some people, that means that they have to write it down. For other people, it means that it's something that they want to meditate on every day. For some people, they actually want to say things out loud. Um, it doesn't really, the form of it isn't as important as the intention and also the repetition. I consider gratitude kind of like the antidote or the antithesis of complaining because while complaining is comparing this reality to something else that's kind of imagined, gratitude is taking a look at this reality and saying, looking right at it and saying, wow, I appreciate something about where I am, what's happening now, who I'm with. And so it is really grounding yourself in what is happening and taking a moment to appreciate that. So I, again, it's not really necessarily the form. I think that what's most important is for people to find a structure that they can do regularly that fits into their lives. You know, some people have complete control over their mornings and so they can do a regular gratitude practice. Some people can barely get themselves and the kids out the door in the morning. And so like the idea of adding something to that routine just sounds nightmarish. Um, and so you're like, what are the things that you can do to, to incorporate into your world, something that feels somewhat seamless so that you can then think about how to, how to do it on a regular basis. Like for instance, as a very practical example, I actually use the time that I brush my teeth in the morning as a way of staying still and thinking about things that I appreciate and feeling grateful and you know, because I have to brush my teeth every morning. Like for me, that's a very useful couple of minutes to get very centered and to think about where I am. You know, I still have teeth. I have a toothbrush. I have clean water. Even these things, being grateful for that, that's, that's huge. And I can remind myself every morning of those little things and gives me a great place to start the rest of the day. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think it's about finding those little moments. Like you said, sometimes for me, it's like when I'm driving in the car at a stoplight or right before I go to bed. Um, and that goes along with the idea of being mindful. And you also talked about times of no input. And can you talk about that, especially in a world where we're very much on social media and all of those things at this point? Yeah, this is a huge one. And if there's a major game changer in your world, that's to take time when you're not trying to ingest more music, more news, more information, more education, more Facebook, more Twitter, more television, more whatever. You're not trying to take all of that and put more crap into your head. Or even if it's good stuff, like I read constantly, obviously, and I have to take a moment and just say, no, no reading right now. What if I thought about what I've read? What if I just breathe and not think about anything and just give my brain some space. It's important for a number of reasons. One is it's actually a very good way to get your brain to encode some of the things that you've already learned and to have some space for creativity and some new ideas to pop in. Because as long as we're constantly ingesting external inputs, sometimes I, and I actually include even a conversation with another person can be an external input. Um, so taking the time where you don't have any external inputs and you just let your brain kind of free flow around, then those are the moments in which you can become very creative. 
and productive. You can realize solutions to problems that were kind of stuck, you know, making you stuck before because now you're just letting things swirl. And I like to do it by walking, going hiking. Um, some people like to do it through a form of meditation or going swimming. Uh, some people like actually sometimes even just washing the dishes is actually one of the places where I just, I like, I don't listen to anything and I just wash the dishes and just let that become another space where my brain is just kind of swirling around. Um, those are things that we can try to build into our regular day so that we can just have a break. Yeah, you know, I've heard that dishes thing many times. I don't feel that way about the dishes. <laughs> Although I've heard that one a lot. I don't know, maybe I need a bigger sink. I have a problem with everything, I'm not sure. But um, I definitely feel that on walks and that sort of thing as well. And yeah. at the end of your book, the one that you mentioned, which I think is, is huge and probably why you ended with it, you said in order to kind of get out of complaining is to handle what you've been avoiding. Um, why, why is this so hard? Is it fear? Is it like, what is it? Cause I feel like deep down, everybody knows what their issue is. So why don't we deal with it? And then how do we deal with it so that we can get to a better place? There's no single blanket answer to that, except for the fact that we do have something that we're avoiding. Nearly all of us do. And often that fuels and underpins a sort of core level of dissatisfaction and complaining that, you know, is the thing that we can't get out of. That's the, the thing that's the most stuck about our world. And so there's a way that if you don't handle that thing, even if you feel good about all of the other things in your world, you're still going to have like one little burning ember of unhappiness and you're not going to feel really great until you tackle that thing. And often we avoid it for really good reasons. Sometimes it's because it makes us see or pay attention to something that we find frightening to look at or difficult to look at, you know, things um, like talking about bad relationships or death or illness or grief or you know, something that is really, really hard some relationship that we think is going to be ruptured if we call out the thing that we've both been avoiding talking about for a really long time. So I don't take it lightly, but I recognize that without handling the thing that you've been avoiding, you're not going to actually ever feel the full capacity of your joy. You're not going to feel free or lifted up in that big breath. Now I feel really good. I feel really solid that my world is in my control that, you know, I am contributing the most that I can to my life and that my relationships are solid. You, it's very, very difficult to the, get to that last point of feeling great. If there's something that's in the back of your mind, that's still bothering you. And I think that usually it's not just one thing. You know, there's a lot of different things. There's still things in my life that are things to tackle and to, to approach. So, they, and things also just keep coming up. So I think that it's another thing where you got to start to get skills. And so don't tackle the biggest thing at the beginning. You want to tackle the smaller things and learn to build up the skills. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, it is a hard thing to do, but little by little, um, it definitely helps. Well, 
This has been awesome. I thank you so much, Sienna. Um, you know, this is a really great book. And I, I think what's wonderful about it, it's very to the point. It's a very easy read. And I really like how you have um, questions per each thing. So you're not just reading and like you were saying earlier, just taking in the work. It's allowing you to actually stop and think and take action so that you can consider how do I actually make this happen? How do I go from an, a life of complaining and unhappiness to one where I'm filled with joy and feeling much better? So where can people find out more about you, your website, and where can they purchase your book? Yeah, thank you for uh, calling out that sort of workbook style of the book. That's one of the things that I am very excited about. And, and it, I was trying to accomplish having a workbook in a book form so that, uh, or a workshop in a book form so that people can take a look and reflect on their own. You can find that book now is available anywhere that books are sold. You can get it through Amazon. You can order it through your local bookstore. Um, it's available as an ebook and as a paperback. You can also check out my website, gonoco.com. And you can also find us on Facebook at the No Complaining Project. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights on how we can get away from the complaining and live a happier and more wonderful life. And I look forward to seeing how you grow this program and help the world do a little less complaining. Thank you, Carrie. This has been a lot of fun. And I hope that your, your listeners and fans take a lot away from this and live in a better, happier no-co world. Hi, podcast listeners. Have a question about what we discussed today or have a topic you'd like us to cover on Wednesdays? Send me an email over at Kerry, K-E-R-I dot N dot Roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and provide as much value as possible to your personal growth journey. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review over on iTunes. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, be sure to message me over on Instagram at Kerry, K-E-R-I dot N dot Roberts. Remember that each of us has something that makes us great. So go out there and show the world what makes you extraordinary.